Well, hello, I'm Rick Dancer. It is Thursday. Ignore the thing on that says your questions because we're not taking your questions tonight. That's on Monday nights. Rick just forgot to change it because sometimes Rick gets really busy. I talk in the third person a lot to myself, you know, because Rick, shut up. He's like that. He's just, I don't know what's wrong with that guy. So we got all kinds of stuff planned tonight. So Halloween is coming, you know, it's on Monday and there's all kinds of stuff going on. But one of our favorites is the Green Hill Humane Society. They're doing something different this year. So we're going to have Megan from Green Hill Humane Society on here. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Kim Stark obviously will be here. Um, our sponsors are Compton Family Wines. Dr. Bratlin with Chris Dental Family Dentistry, which, by the way, I was talking to the other day, said they're filling up with appointments now because people are trying to get in before the holidays. So you need to get your appointment in there. Um, also, May and Tim are going to be here. You know, the wacky doctors um, from uh, from uh, Oregon who do their BS Free MD podcasting. They're going to come on, talk a little bit about that, what's going on. Um, who else? Oh, Alfred Taylor. Um, endless possibilities. They take care of uh, folks in our community who have different abilities and they make it possible for them to have a life full of endless possibilities. And they're another sponsor and they're always looking for people to come work for them, um, which a lot of people are. But um, what we love about Albert Taylor is I think we've all learned over the last couple of years, I want to do something meaningful with my life. So if your job sucks and you go to work and you hate it, this is something that you will have hard days, but you will come home and realize that you made a difference in someone's life. So that's kind of how it goes. So let's get the show off the road. We'll bring on Starkey Poo. Well, hello there, Kimberly. Hmm. Who do we have here? Hello there. So I hear you have sunshine and nice weather, but the rain is coming in this weekend. I know. Today we had sun. We It's finally wet here, though, and getting cold. But you know what? When I say cold, that doesn't mean anything to you anymore. It's no. not cold. <laughs> I was telling Kim, Kathy and I, because we're not very bright. Um, we went on a bike, a mountain bike ride in Montana at 39 degrees up a mountain. And I think up there it was like in the 20s. <laughs> and it was fine until we had to come down the mountain. And it's yes. like four miles down. And oh, my God, I literally came home, walked oh. in the house. And for about 10 minutes, I felt sick. Because I was, everything was, my fingers and stuff were so cold. So I know you that. You might have gotten frostbite. <laughs> well, so a lot of people were saying you probably shouldn't do that because you don't want to be the Oregonians, the new people that came to Montana and froze to death on bicycles. <laughs> I'm picturing like Dumb and Dumber on the boat and on the moped. <laughs> yeah. You know, I become that news story we never wanted to be where family goes out in survival mode and doesn't take anything with them, but bathing suits, you know, and you always go, okay, I don't want to be those people. <laughs> I, remember going those people. A, I remember going on a hike with Jesse and Kathy in the snow one time and we, we lost our way. And so I'm standing here and Kathy goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm making sure this is where we come back to. And she goes, what are you so paranoid about? I said, cause I've done too many stories on that family yeah. and I don't want to be the people that are like, people are going around, God, the dancers are stupid. Didn't even I take mean, survival. Did you learn from <laughs> So, so Halloween's coming and there's our little town, Townsend here in Montana, they shut down the streets and from four to six on Halloween night, all the businesses oh, are like, that's where you go trick or treating. You have people do trunk or treats. Oh, well, that's where yeah. everybody goes trick or treating is right through town. Okay. So you see the businesses and all that. So we're going to go down to that. Mm -hmm. But what, what, else, you, what, what do you got going on? Yeah, and they have trunk or treating here too. And so we're just trying to decide there's also that um, they have a little thing at Fifth Street where you can take the kids to go through. Okay. I think that. it's going to be wet. You know how it is. It's always raining here on Halloween. So yeah, we'll probably do something more indoor if we can. If we can. So what did you find for our Halloweeny? 
I know. Isn't this fun? Okay. So there are a bunch of trunk or treat events going on, but you know, I'm an animal lover. I had to do Green Hill. We have to support the animals. We love them. And Megan is so nice to join us from Green Hill and with her cute little sweatshirt on to tell us about the gala. And this year, so this is, you've done this for quite a few years, but this year it's a little different. So I want you to tell us all about what you're doing different this year. Yeah, we're so excited. We're having, we're hosting our gala. It's called an evening for animals. It's tomorrow night at the Eugene graduate. Um, and fun. this That's year, fun place. The first time, yeah, because the weekend we chose was Halloween weekend. Um, we're actually, um, encouraging everyone to dress up in costume. So oh, okay. we're Good. very excited for this. In the past, it's been cocktail attire. We called it Eugene Formal last year or in 2019, and no one knew what that meant. And that means anything because <laughs> it's Eugene. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. You dress as you would like. Um, but um, this is really exciting. So it's it's um, you know this is our biggest fundraiser of the year. Our oh. uh, our in 2019 was our last in-person event. So it's, you know, obviously very exciting for us because we are very, um, we are run by donations only as well as grants. So it's, this money is what keeps us running and keeps our doors open and helps us care for the thousands of animals that we care for every year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is your biggest and in years past, you don't always coordinate it with Halloween. Is that right? That's right. Usually it's, it's a bit of gala. Um, and it used to be called art for animals and people could donate or own art. Um, and we decided Mm -hmm. to kind of take it up a notch to a gala, um, kind of feel. So this year it's, you can have, um, it's either vegan or a vegetarian meal. So Uh sit down dinner, we have a photo booth. Um, we have amazing MCs and, uh, we have a wall of wine, uh, a dessert dash, and okay. you know, our goal is to raise at least $200,000. We got incredible art donated by um, awesome artist, Judd Turner, local Judd Turner, um, did a sculpture of a bunny he for is, us. He is the best. Judd he is right so knows. good. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. And he did this beautiful bunny sculpture that we're very excited about. Um, Moro, Robert Kanaga. So we just have an uh, Abbas Darabi, so are donating our live auction items. We have a trip to Cabo. Um, and Sun River. Um, And then we also have like 170 silent auction items. So if you don't have tickets, our tickets, we have, we have 280 people coming, which is also record breaking for us this year. And um, so ticket sales have stopped, but um, people can still get online on our website. You can go to click on the event um, in the front page or the banner on our website at green-hill.org. And you can actually sign up and start bidding now um, for our silent auctions. You can win from home. You don't have to be there to win for a silent auction. You do have to be there for our live auction, which is very exciting. Right, right. And that one is, are you pretty much sold out then with that many tickets? Um, or is with, there- uh, yeah, 20, we um, we had to uh, stop sales on, on last Thursday. So um, wow. so we could book all of our seats and get everything, all the logistics ready with the graduate. So 280 people, we, mm-hmm. our goal is 250. We are honored that so many people want to be a part of this. I think everyone's just so ready to celebrate. You yeah. know, animals have... Um, people and animals have gone through a lot these past years, you know, since uh, the pandemic uh, and then the fires around us, we have seen a multiplied increase need of pet food for people. Our goal is to keep people and pets together if we can. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to like get together. We get donated pet food um, from grants and organizations and just wonderful humans bring it to us and we redistribute that. So in 2020, we handed out 50,000 pounds of pet food. And then we did the same thing again in 2021. And I have a feeling it's going to be even more this year. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And and then we still can't even keep our, um, 
our cupboard stocked. We're, the minute it comes in, it's going right back out. People are really having a tough time, but they love their animals and we want to support mm -hmm. them to keep their animals, whether they live in a tent or they live, in, you know, live in a home or they live in their car. We want to make sure that they can still keep that animal bond. And that's what keeps us going every day. So Kim, have you ever done a, a dessert dash? Yeah, we, yes, I have. They're fun. So for anybody going, those of you who are going, you know, I've seen so many events in my life. When the first time oh, I went to a dessert dash, I was going, the key is the table you sit at. You yes. want to make sure you yes. have people that are really dessert fiends and that will spend the money on it. Because, yeah, you know, uh -huh. I've been to the ones where I got the pie and then I've been to the ones where I got the <laughs> cake. It's an incredible moneymaker. And I thought I was going to have to be a bouncer at the last one. I had to block people's paths because they were literally oh, yeah. following each other to get to the dessert they wanted. Crazy. And I had to calm it down a little. <laughs> I was so afraid someone was going to get hurt. So um, we have some mm -hmm. incredible desserts this year, too. So it's going to be quite um, quite entertaining. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a great and fun way to raise money for the animals. Yeah, That's that fun is, that it's at the graduate too. That's a great location. Yeah, they have a beautiful so ballroom. So um, mm -hmm. we actually booked it in twenty um, in twenty nineteen for the twenty twenty event, and oh, you know, I bet. yeah, happened. Mm -hmm. So um, we got to finally make it happen, and we're really, really excited. Well, that yay! Is okay, so we'll put the site up there too. I like that you're doing it too. So for the people that are just want to stay home and don't, you know, don't go out and stuff like that yeah. can still participate and be part of right. giving that because. Yeah. And not only your money, you know, for the silent auction is going to help animals, but you also can get holiday shopping in or just treat yourself to some amazing mm -hmm. packages. Um, I highly suggest everyone get online and just look to see what we have to offer. Amazing yeah. artists, jewelry, um, dollhouses, birdhouses. I mean, there's a lot, um, wow. an album collection. Um, it's pretty magical. People from all over the area really came out of the, you know, of the came out and brought us the beautiful things that um, people will really cherish. Aww. All right, Megan, that's so awesome. It's so fun. Yeah, thank so you. Fun. Thank well, you. Thank you. And thank you, about Rick. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good luck with everything. Okay. And thanks yeah. for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful night. All right. See you Thank later. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Megan. Gene <laughs> misses time. you. Huh? They, she said Eugene misses you. Oh, well, I didn't hear that. Thank you. Megan, I, she, she was just on there. I, I appreciate that. Hey, um, that, good find. Yeah, that's a great idea. And have fun. I know. I, think I love just that. just ready to be out and doing something. Mm -hmm. um, if they sold okay, that so many tickets, that's what it says. So. So Compton Family Wines this weekend, they, they're open on Friday, Saturday, Sunday from noon to five. They always do okay. wine tasting. Oh, and if people go in and mention my name, then they can get a flight, you know, a testing flight for free. And you can get $15 off your first two bottles or more of wine. So you get 15 bucks off if you buy two or more. All you, have to do, all you have to do is say Rick Dancer. That's all you have to do. But they've been in the harvesting mode, you know, and especially since things have been kind of nice and the weather's been good. So yeah. they sent along this video and what they're doing again this week is the Philomath Open uh, Studios. And this is where artists have their stuff around town and they have some of the some of the artwork is there at the winery. So people oh. can go in, enjoy some wine, but see some local art as well as part of the Philomath Open Studio. So okay. I'm going to show you this little uh, video of the harvest yeah. you're doing real okay. quick. And, but right before you pick them, they should start to loosen a little bit so you can turn them and they'll shrink. Watch how fast this Pinot Gris. I know, wow. Look at this guy, watch him. Watch this. 
crew that was picking this morning, they said the fruit looked great, but also they had enjoyed picking the vines because our lambs oh. come through and cleaned off the lower portion. So it was really easy for them to pick. So they're enjoying so the fact cute. that it's a clean, easy, fast pick for them <laughs> because they get paid per bucket. Pinot clones, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris oh, on the vines. And that's why we have Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, Pinot Noir. Push the berries down. Wow, look at that. That looks so fun. Cap, so once you're breaking through, it's kind of hard to get through. <laughs> That's so Again. cool to see how they do that. I know. And and so, see, they're a regenerative, regenerative farm. I can't say that word very much. Yes, she um, was telling me that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they use the pigs go out there and, and the sheep. So she was saying the sheep were eating the bottom leaves off so that they were easy to get to the, the grapes. They don't want the grapes, but this makes it easier for the, the workers to get in there and get them picked. And they said that was a real advantage. Yeah. So the sheep oh, wow. get fed, they poop around the the, the vines. So that- oh, Right, exactly. That's the whole regenerative <laughs> process. So it's kind of cool. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. so, it's so cool, yeah. Another new, um, Tim and May, um, you should see what I wrote up on this little thing I posted on there. Um, about the doctors they're doing house calls kind of um so they they talk to it they're always coming on to tell us what their podcast is about for this week it goes live today uh, okay, okay. Does. so they they somehow think that they trust me so they sent me this little video and then tim can't help himself but he has to make little smart ass comments in there you know about me or something like that so mm -hmm. watch what i gave them. Uh, okay okay with dr rob Barquette. He wrote a book called Simple Medicine, which is kind of a uh, really a reference tool. So patients can, you know, look up common problems, you know, abdominal pain, chest pain, et cetera. And kind of he'll walk through just like he would do with his own patients. He's an internal medicine doctor on, you know, what's an emergency, what's not an emergency, what should go to the ER, what should go to urgent care, what should go nowhere, et cetera. So instead of you just Googling your symptoms or what you think you have, and getting freaked out because you've just diagnosed yourself with lung cancer instead of viral bronchitis. You can refer to his book as a handy manual of what your doctor's thinking, what's scary and what's not. And as a bonus, Dr. Uh, Barquette and I start to rant and rave, not just rant, not just rave, but rant and rave, which is delicious. Yeah, he's a self-proclaimed grizzled veteran of medicine. And so these two grizzled guys really go at it as far as all the problems with communications amongst physicians that really impacts patient healthcare and how we could be doing a better job as well. To re, uh, it's yeah, it's kind of like watching an episode of the Muppets and those, those two <laughs> old codgers in the, uh, you know, box, the box where we do whatever we want. Well, Let's get real. We are real. Or Stop. Rick could do an ad that says get real meat with Rick Dancer. And I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. I want it. And see, uh, put that out on the interwebs and see what you get. Hashtag that. Get real meat. Get real meat with Rick. I got it.
Oh my gosh, have they seen that you did that already? Yeah, oh, I posted it on Instagram and I got this, all the laughing, crying faces, you know, like this. Because can you imagine, I'd love to see the look on their face when they're looking going, oh, here's the thing Rick edited for us and it comes to their yeah. small ass comment. And I was like, Oh it's like Ron Burgundy. You just snuck it right in there. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. <laughs> they are fun. They are a hoot. They are really funny. So fun you know how I've been telling you that um, I had Bill London on a couple, like a week ago. Um, the person didn't show up for the show. Called oh, Bill. okay. Yeah. So he, we did a really interesting newscast. I mean, it was, the, it was like really edgy. Um, oh. But I was laughing because his newscasts keep getting longer and longer because he's getting more in depth and more in depth. Tonight it's like 21 oh. minutes. <laughs> okay, wow, go Bill. Well, go Bill. You know, you can you can do that all you want. I, I love that. I, right, I know um, exactly. So other sponsors: um, Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Daniel Family Dentistry. And um, if you guys haven't changed dentists yet and you need I'm looking for a dentist, he's the greatest guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so much for the community and so much for uh, backing our blue and our community and that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. His newest ad, I don't think I put the school one on today. I think I have a different one, but he, he tends uh -huh. to get, he tends to get edgy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have a story I can tell Kim a little bit later about that. But here's, here's Dr. Bradlin. This is Dr. Michael Bradlin from Chris Dental. Don't ever forget how they made us feel for questioning what we put in our bodies. Don't ever forget how they made us wear masks and social distance, not based on scientific evidence, but politics. Don't ever forget what they did to our children by keeping them out of school and then making them wear masks. This November and every election to come, never let them forget what they did to us. And it's tomorrow, a good point, though. People yeah, he does. Forget. And, and tomorrow, because when you forget, then it happens again and again and mm -hmm, again and mm -hmm. again. Tomorrow I'm interviewing, he's involved with a company called Just Crowns. And they produce the crowns that he uses in Idaho. So it's oh. not most, a lot of crowns, there, there's some other companies in Eugene that make them, but a lot of them are produced in, in China. Right, and, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Ratland does not do that. So he has this company. And so I'm actually going to interview Randy tomorrow. We're just going to put together like a little half hour thing that I'm just going to push out for people to kind of see how they do this and what that, what that's all about and how they okay. can make it. And they can make them a lot more cost effective. And that's where oh, that'd be great. other dentists use it. So, um, and our other sponsor tonight is Albert Taylor, endless possibilities. And I love these people. I keep using this ad and you know, it's funny, Kim, when I air this, um, I think it was Betsy Johnson. I can't remember who it was. Um, I've had several people do it. I air it. And when they see these folks talk, you watch them on this, on the green screen, I can see everybody, you know, and that's going to come up and you watch them and they're like, yeah. they're, just, they're just so sweet. And joining us is John and Peggy Devereaux. Um, yeah. they, are, they are part of the Albert Taylor gang. Yes. <laughs> How long have you guys been with Albert Taylor? Peggy. Oh, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. Since the early 80s? In the 80s, we couldn't do anything without Josh. Well, you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah but Josh takes us uh, to Wendy's. Thrift shopping. Grocery shopping. You know, I mean, and honestly, uh, they they see the best in people, you know, and um, and people tend to see the best in them. You know, they're honestly some of the most accepting and friendly people that I know. Right. So they're always looking for employees. And um, if somebody wants to change their life right now and 
go do something that's super meaningful. Um, and they've mm-hmm. had quite a few people come from watching this because they, they realize I don't want to, you know, if, if, if you only get so long on this planet, why are you mm-hmm. doing jobs that you don't like or love, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. When you can be giving back and those they're, they're so sweet. And I love, they do have really good employees there too, who really care. Yeah. And, and you have to have that as somebody yeah. whose family's in a group home. Um, you yeah. have to have people you trust because, um, you know, these are mm-hmm. very vulnerable people. So mm-hmm. so what are you and the kids going to do before we, got, before we throw it to Okay, Billy? well, their big celebration starts tomorrow, Rick. We're already starting. Their costume strut is at school tomorrow. So they're going to be in costumes all day. And their Halloween party, which I'm heading up, you know, big old room mom here. So we're doing all that tomorrow. And then Saturday and Sunday, football and soccer. And then we'll do Sunday, some trick-or-treating thing. Hopefully Monday, I'll get out of it because that's a lot. I'm, I'm We're hoping. <laughs> do you, you notice as a parent, I notice this like now because I'm not really a parent. I'm not a grandparent yet. I'll probably, parent, yeah. probably start again. But mm-hmm. holidays used to be like a day. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> like, what happened? Halloween was the 31st and now it starts on, you know, it, we, oh we milk these. And I, yeah. you know what I think? It, I think it's Hallmark. Oh, it is. We'll blame Hallmark. There's Christmas stuff already out. I think, I think that, I think, yeah, Yeah. I think that's, well, I mean, Halloween's on Monday and we're doing all the celebrations tomorrow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I noticed Costco had the Christmas stuff up quite a few Uh weeks ago. And it's like, I think Thanksgiving gets lost, you know, it just, Uh, it does. It does. Poor Thanksgiving. Yeah. (laughs) What happened to me? Kim, it's good seeing you. Um, Give the kids a hug and have fun. And um, I hope you get, get a big rest on Monday night. Oh, yeah. You know how that goes. Tell the kids, we'll just stay home for for Halloween. That'll go That's right. That's right. We can't. Yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But I'll try. I'll try for you. Okay. All right, Tim. See (laughs) you later. Bye, you guys. Uh, Bye-bye. All right. And Bill London joins us now with uh, his newscast. So sit back and enjoy and learn something that you probably aren't going to hear anywhere else. Good evening from the News Radio, 1120 AM and 93.7 FM KPNW Studios. I'm Bill London, host of the Wake Up Call, heard mornings on KPNW, 6 AM to 9. And most folks don't know that there's an actual monitor that is behind me. And I, I was looking at the monitor as I was getting the camera set up here. And I realized that bald... I would look like one of those theater masks. You know how they have the two masks? One is tragedy and one is comedy. It's not a pretty thought. Just had to throw that in. All right. So it's interesting how certain actions have downstream results. And this would be one of those circumstances. We're going to start off with Portland and in particular, the Portland Police Bureau. All right, former employees of the Portland Police Bureau continue to blame poor leadership by command staff and city leaders and more as reasons that they're deciding to leave the Bureau. In the latest round of exit interviews, six of eight employees who completed the interview said they were leaving the Bureau before they were eligible to retire. The group all had a number of complaints in common, and they are mainly city government, 
poor leadership within the department and a lack of accountability for criminals because of the Multnomah County DA's office, no filing on a variety of crimes within the city. Said one officer, a criminologist, DA Mike Schmidt has done more to destroy law and order in Multnomah County than any other single person. His soft on crime, pro-criminal, anti-police approach is ruining the city. Officers are afraid they're going to be indicted for doing their job. Another officer said that city commissioners have refused to address issues such as homelessness and the rise in crime and also gangs. A sergeant who completed an exit interview said he chose to leave for a number of reasons but boiled it down to his belief that Portland is a toxic environment. He said, I believe the Portland Police Bureau leadership cares and wants to make a difference, but unfortunately they're too limited in their ability to do so. He also said, and I'm quoting, the city of Portland is disgusting for all the reasons you're aware of. Drugs, transients, suicides, homicides, mental health issues and the like. It is violent and dangerous. He blames the city for, quote, the load of crap that Portland police have to respond to. Well, on good news, Following widespread rain, of course, and snow and cooler temperatures around the state, all Oregon Department of Forestry districts are going to be out of fire season as of October 29th, bringing to an end the 2022 fire season. The closure of fire season means that restrictions on ODF protected lands are lifted, like for instance, bans on backyard burning. Many areas have already lifted some of these bans, like for instance, the Douglas Forest Protective Association and of course, Lane County. So a rape survivor and victim advocate is calling on Governor Kate Brown to reclassify her attacker before he's released this December. We're talking about Richard Gilmore. He is known as the jogger rapist. Now, he was only convicted on one charge of rape. That was of a 13-year-old girl, and that occurred back in the 80s. But he admitted to nine such rapes of teenage girls, many of them young teenage girls, but he was never charged with those crimes simply because it fell out of the statute of limitations. Now, his victims are concerned about how strict his supervision is going to be and where he's going to be living. He has already made statements long ago and up until a few years ago that he intended to get revenge on those that testified against him. One of those people was Danielle Tudor. She actually testified in the trial of the 13-year-old girl because she too was raped by Richard Gilmore. She was 17 at the time, and Richard Gilmore broke into her house and raped her in her parents' bedroom. Well, Daniel Danielle Tudor, one of the Gilmore's victims, wants the governor to take executive action telling the parole board to list Gilmore as a level three high-risk offender with, of course, a high risk to reoffend instead of being released as a level one, which the parole board has already told Gilmore they're going to do. Now, there's a difference between level three and level one. Now, Brown's office claims that the governor can't do that, that she can't do that under the law. However, this is a bold-faced lie. 
The governor has executive authority to do exactly that. But, of course, the governor likely doesn't want to do it because of her leniency towards violent offenders. Remember, she's releasing them from prison, commuting their sentences. As a level three offender, neighbors would be required by law to be warned that Gilmore, a convicted child rapist, is living in their neighborhood along with other restrictions on his movements. But the governor at this point doesn't want to do that so much for rape victims. Gilmore raped primarily, as I said, young teenage girls. Gilmore, by the way, is 60 years old and he is fit and trim. Apparently, he still likes to jog, jog in prison and work out. You don't think that a man in his 60s is capable of, ra of raping a young teenage girl, particularly if he's fit? Thank you, parole board. Thank you, Oregon, for making us all safer. And thank you, Governor Kate Brown, for really caring about rape victims. Okay, well, you knew this had to be coming. New standardized test results further confirm that Oregon students are experiencing learning setbacks in reading and math, a trend that's seen around the country at historic levels attributed to the COVID-19 pandemic. The difference is Oregon is worse than most other states. Go Oregon. Scores from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, which is known as the nation's report card, shows fourth graders and eighth graders in Oregon are below average in both reading and math. Now, this test quizzed hundreds of thousands of kids around the country, fourth and eighth graders, and they did it this year. It's the first time, actually, they've done the test since 2019, prior to, of course, COVID. And it's seen as the first nationally representative study of the pandemic's impact on learning. Across the country, math, scar, math scores saw large decreases. Reading scores dropped to 1992 levels, and that was expected. What wasn't expected in Oregon is that the results were worse in most cases than the rest of the country. According to the, NE, uh, the NAEP, Oregon fourth grade students dropped eight points in math and seven points in reading. We're gonna talk about the points in a second. That's compared to scores in 2019. Only five other states were ranked lower than Oregon. Come on, Oregon, you can catch up. You can be number worst. Eighth grade students in Oregon were down nine points in math and seven points in reading, also worse than almost all other states. Now, researchers believe that a 10-point gain or a seven-point drop is equivalent to roughly a year of learning. So if there was a 10-point gain, those kids are a year ahead. If there's a 10-point drop, it means they're a year behind. So all of Oregon's fourth and eighth graders are almost a year behind in everything. And that's just fourth and eighth graders. You've got to figure that everything lower than fourth grade and everything in between fourth and eighth grade and everything above eighth grade are probably at the same levels. According to Dr. Mike Franz, who's a child psych, uh, psychiatrist at Regents in Oregon, he says the dropping scores aren't surprising at all. He says kids are struggling. 
and should be expected that they're going to struggle with being back in school and the expectations placed on them. Fran says the big factor in these low numbers is that many students were out of school so long. He says some just got back to in-person classes for the first time this year. Nice job, Oregon. Last week, the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices unanimously voted to add COVID-19 to childhood and adult immunization schedules for 2023. What does this mean? This means it gives the Oregon Health Authority the power to make the decision that your children cannot go to school if they are not immunized with the COVID-19 vaccine. Mackenzie Pulliam is the president and co-founder of the Oregon Moms Union, and her group is calling on the OHA prevent preemptively to make the COVID-19 vaccine optional for students who attend public schools. She says that parents need to be respected no matter what their decision as to whether their child receives the COVID-19 vaccine. So, in case you were wondering, 62% of kids ages 12 to 17 and 37% ages 5 to 11 have completed a series of COVID vaccines. That's the two-shot series. Less than 3% have received the new biovalent booster. The decision to make COVID-19 vaccinations a requirement to go to school will not be made, as you well know, until after the election. And that decision will most assuredly depend on which of the three Oregon gubernatorial candidates becomes governor. You can figure out what that means. Okay, so, oh, it's time for Drag Queen Storytime follow-up. In the aftermath of Sunday's protest of the Drag Queen Storytime event, Old Nick's Pub in Eugene is looking to hire more security to protect their performers, patrons, and the pub. The pub owners opened a GoFundMe campaign titled, Help Old Nick's Pay for Added Security. The gold raised $5,000. The fundraiser page says the pub made it through the event safely last Sunday, but owners are expecting more protests. Security for last Sunday's incident cost about $2,000. Now, the pub garnered national and global attention and on social media due to the Drag Queen Storytime event where one of the drag performers was an 11-year-old. In response, hundreds of protesters and counter-protesters lined Washington Street outside the pub, hurling insults, hurling smoke bombs at each other and other objects, yelling at each other, and throwing some punches. At least one person was hospitalized. Also, at least two people were hit with pepper spray. So, tensions and questions arose after the Culver City School District superintendent pulled sixth grade students out of an outdoor education event at Camp Tamarack near Sisters a week ago. The reason behind the sudden departure just hours after arrival, some students were assigned to share cabins with counselors who identify as non-binary. Now, Culver School District Superintendent Stephanie Garber said, we got a call from one of our teachers that was there from the district, saying that there were two cabins of boys that had actually come up to him, 
saying they were extremely uncomfortable with arrangements after they learned their cabin assignments. The superintendent said the students were not comfortable about sharing a cabin where they would have to change their clothes in front of non-binary counselors. Well, Garber said, we made a decision to respect all the students, the high school students, the middle school students. They said they just retreated and let the grown-ups try to figure it out and maybe try again. The school district's actions, of course, evoked criticism on the Pride in Central Oregon Facebook group, a gay proponent group. One person commented the district's actions were hateful and fueled an onslaught of hate speech and transphobic comments. In other words, they should be forced to dress in front of and undress in front of people they're not comfortable dressing and undressing in front of. Garber said the sixth grade kids will still get an outdoor school experience. They're just figuring out how they're going to plan it. Well, this is kind of fun. According to the Oregon Court of Appeals, only people can file lawsuits for damages. That according to a unanimous ruling. That means only people can file for damages. Not horses, not cows, not parrots, not monkeys, or any other animals. Now you may be asking, <clears throat> what? I'll just let you know that animal rights activists are appealing this decision to the Oregon Supreme Court. So here's what this goes back to. The case st uh, stems from neglect suffered in 2017 by an American quarter horse once known as Shadow, but re renamed by animal rights activists as Justice. This horse was 300 pounds underweight and suffering from illnesses when neighbors persuaded the horse's owner, Gwen Vercher of Cornelius, to take it to a veterinarian. Vercher was charged and later pleaded guilty to a charge of animal neglect, and she was sentenced to three years probation and had to pay $4,000 in restitution to Kim Mosman, who cares for horses through her nonprofit Sound Equine Options of Troutdale. Well, in 2018, the plaintiff Shadow and Shadow's legal guardian, Mossaman, filed a $100,000 lawsuit against Vircher, claiming the horse suffered lifelong injuries after she left him to starve and freeze for months. The judges acknowledged that animals cannot sue for damages, but legal guardians of children and incapacitated adults can sue for damages. Animals cannot, but animal rights activists say Animals have rights to sue. Well, with two weeks to go before the votes are counted, it seems your gubernatorial candidates are really focusing on the Bend area, and in particular, Central Oregon. Tina Kotek has taken her defending reproductive rights tour to Bend. Unaffiliated candidate Betsy Johnson is touring Central Oregon and just the other day, made a stop at Erickson Aircraft Collection. Also, Rep uh, Republican Christine Drazen had spent some time in Bend visiting with folks, trying to figure out how to deal with the homeless situation. And according to the latest poll that has been released, once again, Republican Christine Drazen is leading her two opponents. Now, this story is, most folks would say, limited to the Eugene area. But 
there are other cities that are considering doing the same things. And it has to do with, I guess, what you would call a renter's bill of rights. Eugene is going to be moving forward with a second phase of renter protections. The city council voted earlier this week to have the staff drop an ordinance containing three more protections beyond those that were passed earlier this year. The draft ordinance is going to contain rules regarding limits on deposits, a requirement for landlords to process applications in the order received, and displacement prevention assistance which would require payment from a landlord to a tenant in specific circumstances. That third one I'm going to get to in a second. It also will include refined enforcement measures for protections passed in July and data collection requirements. Public feedback on the implementation protections and proposed next phase have been mixed according to the city's affordable housing policy and planning manager. But let's talk about Phase three, this is displacement prevention assistance, and this will stick in the craw of many landlords. Now, if you recall earlier this year, because of a law passed in the Oregon legislature and signed by Governor Kate Brown, rents this year went up or were allowed to go up by 10% because rent increases in part are based on the consumer price index. So it was okay for landlords to raise rents up to 10% this year. All right, here's where the rubber meets the road. Now, in this particular phase, rule number three, displacement prevention assistance. This part of the measure that, of course, anybody that's a landlord in Eugene would have to follow if it's passed by the city council, which it's guaranteed that it will be, would require landlords to pay tenants when they evict them without cause, which already is a part of Oregon law, or if a landlord increases rent by 5% and the tenant of their own free will chooses to move. The council approved the set amount to be paid to the tenant at three times the market rent published by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. For 2023, that's set at $1,349 for a two-bedroom house and or apartment in the Eugene Springfield area. So, landlord says, my expenses have gone up. I've had to put a new roof on the place. I'm going to have to raise the rents, and I'm allowed to by law, 5%. And the tenant says, no, I'm not going to pay that. And the tenant chooses, by their own decision to move, that landlord is on the hook for a little over $4,000 that they would have to hand to that tenant who has made the decision, I'm not going to pay that rent increase. Other cities around Oregon are also considering the same type of rules that Eugene is doing, Portland, for instance, and apparently other cities over in central Oregon are also considering these kind of rules. Welcome to business in Oregon. Good luck on that one. All right, this look at the news brought to you by Chris Dental. 
And it is time now for a big old pig pile reel with Rick. Roll it. I would love to know what my listeners in Montana, Idaho, and Washington, well, maybe not Washington State, but Idaho and Montana think about that stuff that they just heard. You would sit here and go, what the hell? I mean, what is wrong with people? Um, are you trying to drive landlords out? It's like, you know, these are not all wealthy people. This is some of this is their retirement funds uh, that they're living with. Um, God, just get the hell out of people's lives. It's not your business. Um, that's what I don't miss at all. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I, should, I probably shouldn't do this. But that's what I don't miss at all about living there. I, I, there's so many things I do miss. But the thing I don't is that I can walk away now and go, God, at least I don't live in crazy. And at least I don't have people running like, I mean, I remember Kathy and I used to look at each other and go, where do we, this is insanity. We live in freaking insanity and we don't anymore. And I'm sorry for those of you who still do, but God, you've got to do something. This election is so important and don't sit and rest on your laurels thinking that Christine Drazen's going to take this thing out um, because Democrats are starting to pop over from Betsy and, and over to their side. And you're going to have you're going to it's going to be a tight race and they're pulling out all the stops and they're going to do whatever they have to do. So you guys had better get out. It's going to take numbers of people getting out there to vote and you're going to have to vote to get some kind of normalcy back in your in the western section of Oregon. I bet people in eastern Oregon are going, good God, now let's join Idaho for sure. <laughs> well, anyway, it's my Friday night. Um, enjoy your um we will have a show on Monday. We're going to be talking with uh, Ben Idle. He's running for office in the Portland area. We're going to talk with him about some stuff. And then on Tuesday, I think that night is the night we're going to um, probably do my your questions. <clears throat> we're going to start doing that once a week. Just have a show where you guys get to come with questions. So if you have a topic you want to talk about, send something to me. Rick at rickdancer.com because it's going to be your show. And that's what we're going to do. So um, if any of you want to come on too, you let me know and I can do that, make that happen too. Share this on your page because Facebook loves to throttle these shows back, especially when Bill's on. Um, they don't like that kind of information getting out. So I know they're losing, they lost billions and billions. Maybe they could just start minding their own business and quit censoring everybody and people would use their system again. All right, have a good night. I'll see you on Monday.